there is a creek that divides Austin Seminary into the lower campus and the upper campus. My apartment sits on the lower campus, and each time I walk to class on the upper campus and cross over the creek's watery threshold, I pause. I listen to the water's gurgling flow, and I remember my baptism. I also remember you, Idlewild, and give thanks for how each of you nurtures me and this wild calling to ordained ministry. I hold each of you in my prayers and my dreams and stand before you this morning with humility, with awe, and with gratitude. Thank you. This last semester, Rabbi Neil Blumoff taught my Hebrew Bible class. Rabbi Blumoff leads Congregation Agudas Achim in Austin and also happens to be a prolific jazz musician. Rabbi challenged us to read the Hebrew scriptures with curious wonder and to lean into the tensions present in the text. He taught us to listen for the text unspoken voices and to use our imaginations and our questions to guide our wrestling with the text with the hope that this wrestling will give birth to something new. When I initially read this morning's text from Matthew, I wondered if Mary was still singing her song to God. The scripture opens with an angel appearing to Joseph in a dream and instructing him to get up, take his infant son, Jesus, and his wife, Mary, and flee to Egypt. And Joseph does so to protect his family from destruction and death. While Joseph and his family remain in Egypt, King Herod murders all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years of age or younger, hoping that Jesus was one of those children killed. After Herod dies, another angel appears before Joseph in a dream and again instructs him to get up and take his wife and child back to Israel. Joseph does so, and with the guidance of a third dream, Joseph, Jesus, and Mary eventually settle in the town of Nazareth. Now, on its most basic level, this gospel story from Matthew explains why Jesus was called a Nazarene, and also attempts to prove that Jesus is the Messiah by connecting him with prophecies from long ago. However, this basic story also invites us into deeper wonder, particularly about Mary's voice, and therefore our own voices during seasons of transition from the places we know to the places we do not know. Mary's voice is not present in today's gospel story. She silently gets up with Joseph, takes her child, and flees to Egypt. So I wonder, how did Mary respond when Joseph told her that they needed to immediately flee and cross borders to remain safe and to protect the new life of their infant son? What did Mary sing as she, the infant Jesus, and Joseph traveled from the familiarity of Bethlehem to the unknown land of Egypt? Was her soul magnifying the Lord and rejoicing in God, her Savior, while that very same Lord was pulling her to a place she did not yet know? Simply stated, yes. 
In the midst of the fear, frustration, loneliness, and exhaustion she most likely felt, I believe Mary's soul continued to sing the Magnificat. I imagine Mary slowly making the trip to Egypt with a crying and hungry Jesus on her hip. And as Mary travels to a place she does not yet know, she sings, The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And with each step, she sighs, Lord, in your mercy. And yet, what if Mary is silent in this gospel story because she finds it too hard to sing? After all, she just gave birth. The life of her infant son was immediately endangered, so her family was forced to flee their home country for safety, and the children of friends back home were brutally murdered by their political leader. If Mary is unable to sing for herself, what happens to her song? The Jewish tradition believes that prophecy ended after the prophets of Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. After these prophets died, bot coal remained with the Jewish people. Bot coal literally means in Hebrew, daughter of the voice, which we translate as echo. So perhaps when Mary could not sing, she remembered the bot coal and listened for the echoes of songs sung before her time, knowing that their echoes could sing for her when she could not sing for herself. Perhaps she heard the echo of Miriam's song, the Lord is my strength and my might, or the echo of Deborah's song, march on my soul with courage. Or perhaps Hannah's song echoed in Mary's bones, my heart exults in the Lord, God guards the steps of his faithful. My beloved siblings in Christ, like Mary, there are echoes of songs and prayers from the great cloud of witnesses that surround you and sing for you when you cannot sing for yourself. I believe we all have moments that uproot our lives and invite us to find our voices and sing songs to God as we transition to something new. A friend calls to share she has breast cancer. Partners begin couples therapy. A family navigates the immigration system. A married couple of 20 years divorces. A mother of two learns she is pregnant with twins. An adored pastor retires. A beloved one dies. For my husband, Kyle, and I, our uprooting began when we married 10 years ago and continues to this day as we both find ourselves in places we never imagined. Kyle serving the city of Memphis in the mayor's office while I attend seminary in Austin, Texas. A few weeks ago, we found ourselves in one of my favorite threshold places, the Memphis airport. Kyle was waiting for his flight to London. I was waiting for my flight to Austin. And I looked at Kyle and said, what is this life? I wonder how many times Mary asked Joseph that exact question as they uprooted their lives and trod along the road to Egypt with Jesus in tow. 
Henry J. M. Nowen, a Dutch-born Catholic priest, professor, and pastor, wrote in his book, Finding My Way Home, one of the most radical demands for you and me is the discovery of our lives as a series of movements or passages. It all keeps changing and seems as though we are always passing from one phase to the next, gaining and losing someone, some place, something. Henry goes on to explore the theme of loss that occurs as we move through our lives' passages, and he beautifully reminds us that we can choose to live our losses as passages to anger, blame, hatred, depression, and resentment, or we can choose to let these losses be passages to something new, something wider, and deeper. Something new, something wider, and deeper. Mary chose the something new, something wider, and deeper because she embraced the magic of Christmas, the joy of new birth, and the truth of God with us. And she embraced these truths in the most trying of circumstances, fleeing home, hearing about the murders of children she knew and loved, and returning home changed by the journey. Mary chose the something new, something wider and deeper because she remembered the power of dreaming the impossible dream and living into that dream while responding, God has looked with favor on the loneliness of his servant. Mary chose the something new, something wider and deeper because she knew deep in her bones how the Spirit transforms our songs through the word made flesh. Even in the midst of turmoil, pain, confusion, and fear. Two weeks ago, Emily Draffin, Ann Apple, and Daisy Laird created Space for God by performing Jerusa Matson Neal's monologues for Mary. In one of those monologues, the character of Mary says the following The song you want to sing, the calling of your heart, the song that takes more power than you have, more skill than you possess. The song the world has overlooked or buried under mounds of hurt, silenced by a cruel cross or simply drowned in noise. The song you lost. That song is humming even now under your skin in every thread of every cell. And the question comes, Will you let the word that is Christ tune your song? Will you let your song be the word's song? My beloved church, as our lives, complexities, and unexpected transitions unfold, we need to sing. Our songs remind us of God's gracious love made evident to us in the birth life and death of Jesus Christ, who is present with us today and always through the resurrecting work of the Holy Spirit. Idlewild, as we leave 2019 and cross the threshold into the unknown 2020 and all that this new year will bring to us, I hope you sing. And when you can't sing for yourself, know that there are songs echoing through the ages that sing for you and will carry you forward into the lands you do not yet know.
So sing. Sing with Miriam and remember that God strengthens you. Sing with Deborah and remember how God encourages you. Sing with Hannah and remember how God guards you. Sing with Mary and remember God's faithful promises. In the name of our triune God, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer, may it be so. Amen and amen.